What is going on, everybody? My name is Seth Askelson. Thank you for joining me here on Locked on Coyotes. I want to make a quick apology. Um, been very sick this week, uh, so that's why there's the lack of content, but hoping to make it up to you this week and this weekend. We'll have this episode. We'll have a uh, pregame episode for you tomorrow, and we will have a uh, postgame show for you, well, show episode for you uh, on Friday, probably coming out Saturday as well. So I'm hoping to make up some ground here and welcoming you in to a first place Arizona Coyotes team. Who would have ever thought we would say that 30 games into a hockey season? The Coyotes who uh, took their 8-3-3 road record uh, out for show this week. And so far they've added two to those now 10-3-3 on the road. Tied for the uh, best points percentage uh, in terms of uh, those uh, road records. Uh, St. Louis, 10-3-3 on the road as well. There are a handful of other teams that do have 10 road wins so far. That includes Colorado and Winnipeg. We're both 10-5-1. Edmonton, 10-6-1. So the Coyotes look to be their best one on the road, right? It's 7-6-1 at home. Not great, but... Uh, when you can rack up the wins on the road, it's it's impressive. So, uh, just get two more chances on the road this week. But let's take a look at the game that they played a few hours ago as the Coyotes take down the Philadelphia Flyers 3-1 to one as uh, they snap Philadelphia's five-game winning streak. And, and that was one that the Coyotes needed. It was one that was gritty. It was one that they did not have uh, a lot of a lot of chances on. And they ended up finishing. Uh, early on in that hockey game, a power play goal by uh, Phil Kessel that came 225 in as a, a play that the Coyotes run a lot where Kessel enters the zone, drops to the left wing, drives the center, gets the puck back and scores. We've seen him do that a couple times this year. He does it again, slips underneath Elliott and gets his fifth goal of the season. The second period, not too kind to the Arizona Coyotes, outplayed in every facet, uh, only got Four shots in the second to Philadelphia's 13. Shots were 5-5 five to five at the end of the first period. So uh, it's a pretty grind them down game. But the Flyers, 13 shots in the second, just pelted the Coyotes. And uh, it was a good, a good test for Arizona. Uh, again, not that they haven't been tested, but you really saw the grit of this team getting in the way, blocking shots when they have to. Uh, Darcy Kemper, fantastic again. He was named the first star. Uh, Connor Garland named second. Sean Couturier, the third star for Philadelphia. But uh, a great game overall. Phil Kessel scored the empty netter on a, a power play goal as Ekman Larson cross-checked in the back. And uh, Phil Kessel, uh, after some running around by the Coyotes, even five on four, they were kind of struggling. And then uh, the Flyers pulled their goaltender, got that extra man out there, but Coyotes kind of worked their way through out their zone. Again, it was five on five, so a little bit easier than six on five, which is what the Flyers had when they scored their first goal at 15-17, uh, just inside uh, five minutes to go. They pulled their goalie pretty early. Matt Niskin with a shot that deflected off the shin pad of Connor Garland, went up his shin pad and over the shoulder of Darcy Kemper. He was in position to make that save, and then it took that weird bounce off the shin pad and into the goal. So Matt Niskanen gets his third. Couturier Voracek. The assists on that goal. But, again, Phil Kessel scores the empty netter. Two power play goals for him. And, again, 
is, I know we keep saying it, but is this the one that gets him going? Is this the game that gets him going goal scoring wise? He had some struggles, uh, missed some opportunities, has hit some posts, maybe a little frustrated, but this could be the one that gets the Coyotes moving. Um, so, uh, eight, one, and two for Arizona in their last 11 road games. So, uh, it's been pretty impressive from a standpoint that when you look at teams that are on top or, or in the playoff race, usually it's kind of the other way around, right? Like at home, pretty decent record on the road. Not so great. You take Dallas as an example. They sit in the first wild card spot at the moment. 10-4-1 at home, 6-7-2 and two on the road. Not pretty. Coyotes, it's the opposite way around. They are dominant on the road, 10-3-3. 7-6-1, still over 500 in terms of points percentage and wins just in general. Um, or no, sorry, they need one more home win to break that 500 win mark in terms of that. But points percentage over 500 at home. I'm taking care of business on the road. And there's a lot of games that uh, you maybe felt slip away for the Coyotes. Uh, San Jose comes to mind last Saturday where they jumped up quickly by two and uh, couldn't hold on. That lead evaporated pretty fast. So it wasn't a lot of time to mull on that. But uh, Coyotes, if they can pick up their home game just a little bit, um, it's a team that is built for the road, gritty, simplifies things, just shoots the puck when they can, don't take any crazy risks. Um, so it's a team that understands what they're at, what what they're best at, and um, a good a good showing by the Coyotes on the road. I mean, when you take a look at that team just in general, only 70 goals against, which uh, in the Western Conference, by far the best, closest St. Louis and Colorado with 78, and uh, in terms of the National Hockey League, it's the same thing. Closest team, Pittsburgh, who the Coyotes meet tomorrow, 78, and then leaders in the East, 65 for the Islanders. We saw those two go but go to battle. So Coyotes best in the West, second in the National Hockey League, which uh, a couple weeks ago in Elliott Friedman's uh, 31 Thoughts article for Sportsnet uh, said he talked to a scout and that they described the Coyotes as the Islanders' West, so... Uh, pretty similar styles, but again, the Coyotes on the road. They get to play Pittsburgh, who again, uh, second best goals against uh, number-wise on uh, in the lead, or in the Eastern Conference on the season. So uh, maybe another grind them out game for the Coyotes. It's a building that the Coyotes have uh, really gotten kind of knocked around in. Don't have a lot of success there. Uh, get kind of get handled a lot, but it's a different team. It's a different mindset. A uh, couple guys returning to Pittsburgh, obviously, for Goligoski, not his first time back, but for Phil Kessel, it's his first time back since the trade. So two goals, maybe get him started, get him some motivation underneath his belt, and uh, we'll see what the Coyotes have in store. But uh, another big win for Arizona. Darcy Kemper sharp again. i got to think that Ronto starts tomorrow. Uh, but uh, another fantastic Another fantastic effort. Shut it down. And when you have two of the top goaltenders in the league, if not the top two goaltenders in the league, you are really confident about shutting down games like that. You get a goal early. Um, not that you want to sit back by any stretch, but you feel confident that, okay, uh, if you control the puck, you don't let anything crazy. And there was a couple of good chances for Philadelphia, but for the most part, it seemed like a lot of those shots were on the outside. They weren't um, anything too dangerous, Darcy Kemper swallowed up a lot. And again, the only goal goes off the shin pad of Connor Garland, and it didn't hit full on. It kind of scraped the top and changed the ramp angle, and it went over the shoulder. So Darcy Kemper looked like he was on it, and it just 
change directions. But Darcy Kemper, fantastic. Ronta most likely tomorrow. Uh, and then they finish up uh, Sunday in Chicago, a team that uh, is really hurting right now. Uh, Chicago, 4-5-1 in their last 10. Uh, just haven't played great hockey so far. They're in danger of kind of being in that spot where they're just too uh, too far out uh, in December. They've only played 28 games. Coyotes have played 30. They'll play a 31 as of tomorrow. So Coyotes all of a sudden gaining games on teams. Uh, they were kind of behind a little bit. Kind of a weird schedule to start the year, but they're starting to catch back up. Again, the standing's starting to make a little more sense. But for the Coyotes, um, good effort tonight. Got to continue into Pittsburgh tomorrow, a building that's tough, uh, tough for the Coyotes historically. But they come out with the same effort, they'll be uh, good to go. So uh, a tough development from uh, tonight's game or last night's game. Um, the Coyotes captain, Oliver Ekman Larson, towards the end of the game got his uh, back and, and head cross-checked into the glass. Uh, puck was in behind, and Ekman Larson was trying to dig it out, and he took a hard cross-check to the back. And uh, he went to the locker room. He didn't come back. That was Obviously, in the game, that was the penalty that allowed the Coyotes to go to the power play, score the eventual empty net goal. Uh, but Ekman Larson not back. Um, and a couple of notes. We'll get to Ekman Larson in a second. Um, this is from Craig Morgan. Uh, Phil Kessel, quote, Phil Kessel took a shot to the ankle and was getting checked out for a lower body injury. Uh, that was the shot uh, that Kessel blocked that turned uh, the puck the other way to score the empty net. Anyways, back to the Craig Morgan tweet. Uh, quote, Darcy Kemper, hard, hard to believe with his performance, was feeling ill after the game, so he didn't hear from them other than Kessel's uh, FSAZ, Fox Sports Arizona interview. We'll know t- more tomorrow, end quote. So uh, not not great news. Uh, again, another tweet, quote, there was no update on Oliver Ekman Larson after the game. So um, eh, tough spot for the Coyotes. Again, Ronta most likely starting tomorrow. So give Kemper three days to maybe feel a little bit better. Um, in terms of Oliver Ekman Larson, again, no update. Phil Kessel seemed to be in okay spirits afterwards, so... Um, hopefully nothing too crazy. Again, ended up scoring the game winner. So, um, But uh, for the Coyotes and, and Oliver Ekman Larson, uh, there's some troubling, you got to say. I don't think it's too worrisome quite yet. Uh, but you take a look at his numbers this year. Uh, in 30 games, he's played a, a decent amount of minutes, uh, eventually got bumped down to the second line, or the second pair of defense, uh, but 11 points in 30 games, which isn't horrendous, right? I mean, if, if you're talking about defensemen, not not terrible numbers, but this is a guy who has put up 39 or more, nearly 40 points pretty much every full professional season since 2013-2014. Um, the only year he didn't hit 40 is when he hit 39, in 16-17, he played 79 games total. So, uh, for the Coyotes, they need him to pick it up. And Craig Morgan wrote a, a decent piece about that and, and how uh, to get his game picked up. Obviously, we've seen that the the top pairing so far has been Goligoski and Chikrin, and they've earned it, right? Like, I, I don't think that that's any disrespect to either of them. Uh, but I, you would like to have Oliver Ekman Larson as your top D pair because this is a guy that, you know can get things together. He can get things started. He's had uh, 20 or more assists in every season 
since 2012-2013, and that was the lockout shortened season, so 24 and 48, which is averaging a uh, half point per game. Uh, and then uh, you look at it after that, right? 13-14, we'll start there and go down the list. 44, uh, 29 assists, we'll do assists first. So 29, 20, 34, 27, 28, 30, um, that was last year. And then uh, nine, which again, isn't a, a terrible pace, but for a guy who's known to have uh, a lot of talent offensively, a good nose um, f- for the ice and, and open space and almost a power play specialist, um, uh, a guy that is doing, I think his best, I think he's banged up a little bit. You know, Outside of that, that cross check, I think he might be still a little sore. Again, this is a guy who's a captain. He's going to play through some things. But you got to think, once the Coyotes get deeper into the season, if they are playing a lot better, you maybe he takes a few games off, right? Kind of those, um, you know, take something from the NBA, kind of that load management type thing. So um, a, big, uh, a big responsibility for him now. Um, a lot of people see him as the, the top defenseman, but... Um, for the Coyotes, they need him. They need him going. They need to get him him really started. And if he's a little banged up after tonight, I mean, when he got taken off, he did not look like he was feeling it. And again, when you get your head cross checked on the boards, of course you're not going to be feeling it. But who knows, right? Maybe maybe this is the night he takes off. Maybe he takes off tomorrow. Again, he's not going to do it. But or you know, if he's ready to go, he's not going to ask. But could be a chance for him uh, to rest up again. They're not going to sit him, and I wouldn't, right? Like if he's if he's okay to go, send him. But don't don't risk it either. Make sure he gets some gets some rest. Um, he's deserved it, right? Like after the the few years of uh, just futility for the Coyotes, he's he's been through some lean years here. And again, hockey players aren't going to do any load management, NBA type stuff. But for a guy like Oliver Ekman Larson, it's important to have him going, especially down the stretch. Don't risk anything. If it's something minor, maybe give him a couple games off. Um, you know, it wouldn't be a bad idea. Again, it means you're throwing uh, Ilya Labushkin and, and Aaron Ness out there, which, again, two guys that are capable NHL hockey players. But, you know, that means moving Jordan Osterley up to the second pairing, most likely with uh, Jason Demers, which Osterley's capable, right? Like, he's a, he's a good, solid NHL defenseman, but... I think in that third pair role, especially with Oliver Ekman Larson in the lineup, that's where he fits best. And uh, the Coyotes <laughs> need to find a way to keep him in the lineup, but keep him healthy as well. And again, I think he's I think he's hurt a little bit. I think he's a, a step slower, maybe. Uh, again, nothing nothing bad in that sense. I I don't think he's played particularly poorly, but uh, again, it's a guy who can get going and has proven to be the, a quarterback on the power play. Hasn't been that so far, but all it takes is one. Again, it's like Phil Kessel. Sometimes all it takes is one, and they're off and going. So um, you just hope that uh, he's okay for tomorrow. If not, I don't think they need to, to risk anything, but um, uh, a fantastic job for the Coyotes tonight and Oliver ekman Larson. We'll see what the update is tomorrow. Um, Quick stat, a good one from that uh, Craig Morgan had quoted twice pretty much. Uh, one first from uh, Golden, at Golden Canuck on Twitter, Graham Taylor. 
and uh, Richard Morin of the Arizona Republic both tweeted out. Uh, this was um, uh, a better worded out stat, I think, from Richard Morin. But a uh, quote from what I can gather, the last time the Coyotes held sole possession of first place in the Pacific Division was October 26, 2015. And the Coyotes did get out to a, a decent start that year, but obviously didn't hold on. Not a great finish for them. And then uh, that that tweet continues on that stat, quote, with a win tonight, it will be the latest in a season the Coyotes have been atop the division since the end of the 2011-2012 season. So Richard Morn had uh, tweeted that out uh, right before the end of the hockey game or uh, about the second intermission. Um, and so the Coyotes in a good spot right now, and they can't let off the gas. And I don't think they will again. They have a veteran team that understands they how to win. And I think that's what's different for this team this year is they didn't have a lot of those guys. Again, Demers, Goligoski, sure. But once you got down to that third, fourth line, some of those back-pairing guys, not a lot of those guys had that experience to, to close out games, to close out a season. The Coyotes have a lot of those guys now. Carl Soderberg, Phil Kessel, um, again, a healthy Demers, a healthy Goligoski. Uh, a lot of guys that understand how to get the job done when it matters most. Brad Richardson, Michael Grabner. I mean, the, a lot of guys that have played in the playoffs, played deep in the playoffs, and understand – what it takes to claw in, right? I mean, Colorado, last last team in last year, Carl Soderberg was on that team. Uh, Brad Richardson, Stanley Cup champion with the Los Angeles Kings. Uh, the two times he was on that team that uh, he was, those teams were the last team in. And um, again, Phil Kessel, uh, Alex Goligoski, enjoying regular season success with Pittsburgh. And again, you say with ease, but again, it takes a lot of hard work. So uh, but a lot of guys that understand what it takes to close out and, and get deep in playoffs. And so Coyotes right now, they're in first place. Enjoy it, but uh, got to keep the foot on the gas, and especially as they head into Pittsburgh starting on Friday. As we always do here on Locked on Coyotes, we'll take a look at the scores from around the National Hockey League. Again, uh, schedule getting back to that normal Thursday-Saturday kind of heavy flow after the Thanksgiving break. And we'll start in Boston with the Blackhawks getting an overtime victory over the Boston Bruins on the road in the Garden. 4-3, Jonathan Taves, the game winner, 54 seconds into the game. Robin Leonard, the winner in goal. Avalanche in Montreal, a score three times, two in the first, once in the second. And they shut down the Montreal Canadiens and defeat them 3-2. Uh, and Caden Primo... The debut for him looks sharp, but does not get the win. The Wild are on a tear. They've won five in a row. They beat the Lightning in a kind of an up-and-down game, 5-4. to four. Uh, Erickson, Eck, Zucker, and Susie, all goal scorers in the first for Minnesota. Victor Rask in the second, and Matt Zuccarello in the third for Tampa. Cernak and Sergachev score in the first, Hedman in the second, Kalorn in the third. The Islanders take down the Golden Knights, but in overtime, Malcolm Subban continuing to look sharp as the Islanders pick up yet another home victory. Cal Clutterbuck, Brock Nelson, goal scorers in regulation. Ryan Pollock, the game winner at 320 on the power play. Again, Coyotes beat the Flyers 3-1. Hurricanes, uh, Joe Thornton getting into kind of a, a pushing and then punching match with Peter Morozik. A good uh, punch after Morozik went for the slash after Thornton poked after the whistles, so um, tough go for Morazic in that situation, but he does get the win. 
as uh, in a shootout, the Hurricanes win it 3-2. to two. Sorensen coach the goal scorers for San Jose. Svechnikov and Gardner, goal scorers for the Hurricanes. The Rangers and the Blue Jackets in Columbus. The Blue Shirts, 3-2 win. Brennan Lemieux, Jacob Truba, Artemi Panarin, all goal scorers. Georgiev, the winner for the New York Rangers, Atkinson and Seth Jones, goal scorers for the Columbus Blue Jackets. The Stars and the Jets, 3-2 overtime finish for Dallas. Joe Pavelski, the game winner in overtime, 2-0-2 into the extra frame. Mark Shifley did tie it, though, 19-15 to go, or uh, at 19-15-45 seconds to go. So get a point for the Jets, big for them. But another home win for the Stars. They've been dominant at their home ice. The Flames, 4-3 winners. Uh, two big goals from guys who uh, haven't contributed much. Milan Lucic finally scores his first goal as a Calgary Flame, and it counts as the game winner. As Jack Eichel scored with 19-12 to go, or uh, at 19-12 again, sorry, um, at 19-12 on the power play, and the Sabres couldn't score again, so Milan Lucic credited with a game winner. Johnny Goudreau, Tobias Reeder, former Coyote, and Sean Monaghan, all goal scorers as well for Calgary. So after that, we'll take a look at the standings. Start in the East, uh, nothing's changed too much in the Metro. Washington, the Islanders, and the Flyers, 1-2-3. and three. Washington, seven-point lead. On the Islanders, though the Islanders have been playing exceptionally well. Uh, just kind of snake-bitten by the division they're in. Not that they would fare much better in the Atlantic in terms of chasing first. Boston, first in the Atlantic with 46 points. 12-0-5 at home, including getting that overtime point against Chicago tonight. Florida with 31 points. Buffalo with 31 points as well. In the Atlantic, the wild cards. Carolina, big win. For them, they have 35 points. Pittsburgh, 34. Important for the Coyotes to help out uh, the Hurricanes a little bit as uh, that would keep them uh, at, in that second spot. The Rangers, 6-3-1 and one in their last 10. They've looked good. And they're at 31 points, just three spots out. 1-6-3 and three in their last 10 for Montreal. Not good for them. Uh, they are continuing to slide. They have 30 points, and so do the Toronto Maple Leafs, 13-13-4. They're 4-6 in their last 10 after Sheldon Keefe took over. Uh, Tampa Bay at uh, 29 points just below Toronto. Uh, they have a plus-9 goal differential, but didn't help themselves with their start. They're 4-5-1 in their last 10. Uh, Columbus losers of three straight with 26. Ottawa, they've won their last one. 25 points. New Jersey losers of their last three, 22 points. And Detroit, dead last place. In the entire National Hockey League, 17 points, 7 wins only for Hockey Town. In the Western Conference, St. Louis, Colorado, and Winnipeg now finally jumps into that third spot. Uh, 42, 38, and 36 respectively for those three teams in the Central. Into the Pacific, the newly first place Arizona Coyotes, 6-2-2 in their last 10. 10-3-3 on the road. And winners of their last two, 38 points, 17-9, and 4. Edmonton. Drops to second, 17, 10, and 3, 37 points. They're 5, 4, and 1 in their last 10. Vegas and Malcolm, Malcolm Subans look phenomenal, uh, which spells bad news for everybody else in the Pacific and the NHL, really, as it seemed like uh, the Knights needed a backup goaltender, but that uh, issue seems to be no longer at the moment. 6, 2, and 2 in their last 10, 35 points for Vegas in that third-place spot. In the wild card, Dallas crawled back into it after a tough start, 6, 3, and 1 in their last 10, but they do sit in the wild card after their loss to Winnipeg. 
35 points, and actually uh, scratched that after their win to Winnipeg. But Winnipeg gets that extra point, which vaults them into third place in the Central. Minnesota, unbelievable tear right now. 7-0-3 in their last 10 points in 10 straight, 5 straight wins. Unbelievable run for the Wild as they now sit in the second wild card spot, 32 points. Uh, Vancouver, after a, a hot start, somewhat uh, tough, uh, tough for them. Eight, eight and one on the road. That's what's killed them a little bit. Four, five and one in their last ten, though. They did win their last time out. They're at 32 points as well. San Jose sitting at 32, thanks to the overtime loss to Carolina. Calgary, big win for them. They also get into 32 points. So four teams tied for that second wild card spot at the moment. Nashville, 29 points, 3-5-2 in their last 10. Anaheim, it's been a struggle for them recently. 3-4-3, three, three, they're at 28 points. Chicago, 27. And Los Angeles, 24 points. So, Coyotes in a good spot. And we'll talk about that a little more tomorrow. Penguins game preview. Talk uh, Taylor Hall a little bit more. Um, interesting rumors coming out of that in terms of him coming to Arizona. So, talk about that a little bit more. Hope you can join us again. You can follow me on Twitter at S. A-S-K-E-L-S-O-N-9-6. That's Askelson96. Follow the show on Twitter at L-O underscore Coyotes. That's at L-O underscore Coyotes. Thanks again for joining us. Again, sorry about the illness and, and the delay on some content. I have another one out for you tomorrow. Hope you people enjoy the rest of your day. Look forward to speaking to you soon. And as always, we hope you stay locked on, Coyotes.